Well, Debbie said something to me in our first year of marriage that clarified for me the difference between the people of God and those who are ignorant of him and his ways. Now, she says it wasn't original. Of course, it wasn't. But here it is. You cannot clean a fish before you catch it. Okay? Christianity is more than a moral code. Every nation has some kind of moral code. The problem is human nature being what it is, no one has the power to always live by any moral code. And for those who know and love Jesus and want to obey all he commanded, must understand that only those who have surrendered to him in humble faith can be enabled and empowered by God to live according to God's instructions. People who are still living according to the values of those who are outside the family of God will never be made clean by any moral code, even God's. No one can live by God's instruction as given in his word without first becoming a child of God by his grace through the gift of faith that he or she may receive from God. Now, Jesus told four fishermen that they were to follow him so that they would catch men to life. That's the literal translation of the word used by Luke in chapter 5 of his gospel. Now, once a fish, that is a person, belongs to God, that fish or person can be made clean by God. Now, today, we're hearing the first of four messages on what we call the Ten Commandments. But quite literally, and I only found one translation that really translated the Hebrew correctly. It was in Exodus 34 in the New Jerusalem Bible. The covenant God, known as Yahweh, spoke to Moses ten words. Words. Now, I have no objection to posting the Ten Commandments in a public place. Okay? They are indeed God's goals for all people. However, until someone becomes a child of God, it's impossible, impossible to live by these words. And this is why, and we heard it read this morning in Exodus 19, and as a prelude to chapter 20, we begin with Yahweh's first words to Moses. These commandments are addressed to people that God had delivered from bondage to become his treasured possession. And they were called to be holy priests, Only such people can obey God's word. Only those delivered by God to be priests 
can obey his words. That's the the central point of everything this morning. So now let us see more details in what Yahweh and Jesus said about these 10 words. So we'll begin with the Exodus passages, first 19 and 20. We can sum them up this way. Yahweh directed Moses to say to Israel, I carried you all to myself. And if you will obey my covenant, you all will be to me a kingdom of priests. And I brought you all out of slavery or bondage. Now, first we'll look at chapter 19, which can be summed up this way. After Israel had gone out from Egypt, Yahweh said to Moses, I carried you all to myself. And if you will obey my covenant, you all will be to me a kingdom of priests. Now, let me give you um, the literal words that were inspired. Starting out on the third new moon, after the children of Israel had gone out from the land of Egypt, on that day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. When they had departed from Rephidim and came to the wilderness of Sinai, they camped in the wilderness. Israel camped before the mountain. Okay, first of all, time and place. They left Egypt at the full moon. Okay, Passover was always on the full moon, the 15th of the month. The month began on the new moon. So three and a half months have gone by. Now, Rephidim means resting places, plural. And in three and a half months, they would have had a stop at many resting places. Now, Sinai means thorny. And it describes vegetation in the wilderness. And as I thought about this more, animals love to eat plants and whatever. It's part of their diet, right? But the thorns, when there aren't many plants, that will protect the the plants and keep them alive. And now the Israelites have set up camp at the foot of this mountain, continuing the scripture and Moses went up to God and Yahweh called him from the mountain to say thus you will say to the house or family of Yaakov and you will tell the children of Israel so notice Moses was starting up the mountain and once he had started up the mountain the covenant God calls him now Yahweh gave Moses words for his people, calling them first by their ancestor's birth name and then by the name he was given after he wrestled with God all night. And then he says to Moses, you all, you all saw what I did to the Egyptians and then how I bore you all on wings of eagles, and I brought you to myself. So first of all, we have Yahweh and the people of Egypt. He had sent 10 horrible plagues on Egypt, culminating in the death of every firstborn son. 
And then when they tried to pursue God's people, he drowned the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. I mean, I would like to think that if I had seen all these things and my friends had seen all these things, we wouldn't have forgotten them right away. So God did these miracles to rescue them from their enemies. And now we see Yahweh and Israel. Remember, none of these plagues affected the people of Israel. And they went through the Red Sea as on dry ground. Now, I love this wings of eagles. And I looked up this image throughout scripture. And some 40 years later, when Moses was teaching them, he wouldn't go in. But as they were to finally go and, and, and take over the land that God had spoken about, he taught them a song to remember how God had delivered them. And in one of these songs, there's a line, Deuteronomy 32, 11, where he compares what God did to a mother teaching her young how to fly. Now, I didn't put it in the outline, but what, what happened was when the chicks were big enough that they should fly, she'd stir up the nest and push them out. Now, she would watch, and if some of them could not fly, they hadn't mastered flight yet, she would swoop down under them and catch them on the pinions of her wings and then carry them back to safety to try again another day. That's what God had done for them in Egypt. And then Isaiah told God's people if they wait for him, they will ascend on eagle's wings. And then we can go all the way to the last book of the Bible and we're told in the final battle, Israel will be given eagle's wings to fly to a wilderness and there be nourished. So all of that is in that line of what God was saying. Then he continues, Now if you all fully hear my voice and keep my covenant, you all will be my treasured possession from all the people for all the earth is mine. So... If they hear and if they keep, to fully hear God, the covenant God, means to obey him. And when people fully know that God has delivered them, that's the key. We have to know what God has done for us. Then we can and will obey him. Those delivered by God can obey his words. And then he uses this word treasured possession. And again, almost 40 years later, Moses tells them that they are a holy people chosen by God to be his treasured possession, Deuteronomy 7. And then he concludes chapter 19, our portion that we heard this morning with these words. And you are... You all will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou, Moses, shall speak to the children of Israel. So those hearing and keeping God's word will be his holy priests. What is a priest? Just in general, a priest makes sacrificial offerings as an intermediary between God and his worshiping 
people. Now, we now know Jesus as the high priest who has made the only offering that matters. But going way back to the first book and the first man called, we're told in Genesis 18, Yahweh saw Abraham as a holy priest to his family. And then Adonai Yahweh gave a word to the poor and brokenhearted that they would be called his priests in the year of his favor, Isaiah 61. And in an incredible prophecy, he hinted he would select some people from all nations to be his priests, the last chapter of Isaiah. And Peter just absolutely affirms this truth in his letter to first century Christians, calling them, all Christians together, a chosen people and a royal priesthood. So putting this all together, this is what God wants us to know. His people through all the ages, only those delivered by God to be priests for him can obey his word. And now let's go on to chapter 20, which is the prelude. We're going to just hear the prelude of what we call the Ten Commandments. God spoke in summary saying, I'm Yahweh who brought thee out of bondage. So going to the scripture, then God spoke all these words to say, I am Yahweh thy God. The identity, this is so important. Who is saying this? Who is making this covenant? The covenant God of Israel is speaking to Moses and through him to all of Israel. And he says two things. I have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Okay. Yahweh had told Abraham 400 years before this that he would bring them out of a country of bondage, Genesis 15. And he has now gotten them out of the wrong place. Also out of the house of bondage or servitude. So the wrong status. Yahweh wants his people to be free to serve him and not to be bondservants to anyone. Okay, this is all by grace. One thing more you must know. Covenants, typical human covenants in the second millennium before Christ began with a reminder from the maker and initiator of the covenant what that maker had done to benefit his subjects. And here in this statement, this prelude to the Ten Commandments, He's saying as a result of his grace to give his people special privileges, a treasured possession, Yahweh expects them to take the responsibility to obey him as priests seeking to bring his deliverance to other people. God's people, Israel, were always to be evangelists. And only those delivered by God to be priests can obey his word. All right, let's go forward now because Matthew says something very significant in his gospel. He, he quotes Jesus and he tells us of a typical confrontation. Religious leaders asked Jesus to give the greatest commandment. 
And he says, love God with everything and thy neighbor as thyself. On these, all scripture is hung. So first of all, the the Jewish religious leaders send a representative to ask Jesus the greatest commandment. Let's again hear it word for word. But the Pharisees, having heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, were gathered together to themselves. Now, in public, none of the religious leaders, Pharisees or Sadducees, were disciples of Jesus. In fact, they all made it clear they thought Jesus was a false prophet. So then we're told, and he asked one of them, a lawyer. Now, I notice it's not in the version we heard read. That's one of those ones where it's in most of the manuscripts, but not all, what his role was. But he tests him. He asks to test. Now, if we take the fact that he was a lawyer, that means that he was an expert in all of God's word, especially the Torah of God's instruction, which they would call the law. And then here it is. Master, which commandment is greatest in the Torah or law as it came to be known? This is a great question. He respectfully asked Jesus a great question about the great commandment. And then we have Jesus' answer. In summary, love the Lord thy God with all. The great and first commandment. Second, love thy neighbor as thyself. On these all instruction is hung. The prophets as well. Now it's very interesting. In the original language, the word Jesus is not used in verse 37. Uh, many translations put it in there, but it's only the Greek masculine definite article. But they can't say, but the. They could say he, or they could say one, meaning the one, was saying to them, Thou will love the Lord, the God of thee, in the whole of thy heart, and in the whole of thy soul, and in the whole of thy mind. So love the covenant God. What's Jesus doing here? He's merely quoting the first word that Moses spoke to the generation of Israelites about to enter the land that God told Abraham they would have as a permanent possession. That is his descendants. And Moses said this after he reaffirmed that the covenant God, Yahweh, is the one and only God. Deuteronomy 6. Then Jesus goes on to say, this being the great and first commandment, the great first. Jesus says, all who have received God's love must first wholeheartedly love him back. Now, let's make this personal. More than anything, we all must understand that obedience to God's word is predicated predicated on receiving his deliverance with gratitude. And how do we be grateful to him? We express our gratitude by loving him with all we have. Then Jesus continues, but second is the same to it. 
thou will love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, God has been giving me this over the last three or four years. I don't know if I've ever preached it or I've ever written on it. But if we have a strong relationship with God based on the assurance, the assurance he will forgive us in Jesus. And if we have received grace to obey him in order to experience his love and joy and peace, we must be desiring and working for our neighbor to have the same assurance that we have. We must share salvation we have received in Jesus. I believe this is what it means to love our neighbor as ourself. What's the most important thing or should be the most important thing to us? Our relationship with God in Jesus. We want our neighbor to have that too. We love our neighbor by sharing our salvation. Let us be grateful that the covenant God has taken us from the wrong place and the wrong position on eagle's wings in order to free us. And now let us join with him to be used by him to free others. And then Jesus concludes, in these two commandments, the whole law, Torah instruction, is being hung as well as the prophets. Now, he left out the writings, but I think he meant them to be included as well. In other words, Jesus says, every word of God's scripture flows from these two commandments, all who have received God's deliverance from bondage to sin and self in Jesus are now able to obey all of God's words, including the Ten Commandments, which we will begin to examine specifically next week. Only those delivered by God to be priests can obey his words. Let's, let's just remember that. It's only those who experience salvation in an ongoing way can really obey. Let's wrap it up. After Yahweh carried his people out of bondage, he told Moses that if they obeyed his covenant, they would be to him a kingdom, a holy kingdom of priests. And then he gave his people ten words of commands. Jesus later taught. The first and great command is to love God with everything and then to love thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, people who have a relationship with God should be motivated to love their neighbors by sharing with them the salvation they have received. But only those delivered by God to be priests can obey his words.